All right, what is up, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you on another fun podcast episode. I hope you're enjoying these. If you are, give us a like. Uh, you know, if you're watching these on YouTube, smash the subscribe button. Share them with some friends too, and give us some comments. We love that stuff, and it helps with the Google magic, I guess. So, um, but uh, we're excited today. I bring my brother on today to talk about how to crush your career advancement. Uh, many people, you know, they're just starting out in the civil engineering world. Or maybe you've got five, six, seven years of experience or more, and uh, you want to know how to advance in your career. We'll talk about that in this episode, uh, talking about credentials that you need, talking about quarterly or you know yearly reviews and how to handle those, uh, and really um, the steps and, and the things that you need to do to really advance your career in civil engineering. So it's a good episode. I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, make sure if you do need help with your PE or FE exam, go check us out at civilengineeringacademy.com. We also have um, practice exams there, review courses, and if you follow us on YouTube, uh, we have tons of practice problems for free for you. So uh, you can find it all at civilengineeringacademy.com. So with that said, let's bring my brother on and let's get rolling. All right, let me get this headset on. Mark, what is going on? Hey, just uh, enjoying the, the fact that I get to join you again, Isaac. Always hey, always a good time. It's always a good time when you jump on. Yep. Um, I wanted to talk to you today because it's always fun to talk about career advancement. And, uh, you know, I've been doing civil engineering, been in the world, at least in the utility side of this. Um, you know, I graduated in 2008 officially, so... Um, you know, I've got some years of experience. You've been at this way longer than that. And we've got some tips way, to share. way like, longer. That makes me sound old, Isaac. Way longer. <laughs> Definitely longer. Yeah, a little bit longer. <laughs> but uh, today we wanted to talk about career advancement tips and really how to crush career, your career advancement as you jump into the world of civil engineering. So the first thing that I really wanted to, to talk about is as a civil engineer, um, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you, you know, you're probably a civil engineer, you're going into it. Um, what credentials do you feel are important for civil engineers starting from the beginning and then maybe even branching out into other areas? Well, uh, the most important credential of all uh, the other credentials, I would call the others sub-credentials. But the big 800-pound gorilla, of course, is your PE credential if you're going to be a practicing civil engineer. And then, of course, the steps to get to that PE. There's some, uh, there's, you know, once you've passed your FE exam, you can actually get an EIT credential, an engineer and training credential, which is good. Um, I like to see uh, people in the industry with that credential. It tells me, you know, kind of where they're at in their career. But um, that they're working on uh, their their PE um, and they're working in the industry, right? They're gaining knowledge. They're probably working under um, uh, a senior uh, person in their organization that's kind of mentoring them um, and getting them t working uh, towards that uh, that PE credential. But that's that's the big one, Isaac. Um, some of the other credentials that are out there. Do we want to talk about those? Yeah, we definitely want to talk about some of the other ones because um, as engineers, you know, get more experience in this field, there's some branches that you can go off into. So obviously I think the FE first, 
the PEs, the big gorilla in the room. But after that, if you are in the structural engineering world, yes. buildings, bridges, you probably want to head down the SE route, the structural engineering route, yep. um, which is a big credential, big exam. And uh, that one's yes, that, and that one is in, that's a very important credential if you're going to specialize in in the structural engineering segment of the wide world of civil engineering, right? So that one is more and more important. I know there's uh, there's particular states. I don't think all all states have that credential as a requirement for all structural design, um, but um, a lot of jurisdictions do where. When you want to design uh, buildings of a certain size, a certain occupancy category, you have to have that that credential to be able to do it. And so it's just a, a, a I would say it's a necessity If structural engineering is your gig. That's your thing. Uh, that's what you need to plan on getting is that SE um, credential. It's, it's very important. So before we talk about others, though, let's maybe talk about timeline for those. So if you're taking your FE exam, um, you're probably doing that hopefully while you're in school. It's probably going to be the easiest time for you to do it. I know many people that have waited until after, and it does get harder the longer you're out of school because, you know, the FE definitely tests you on a broad range of engineering topics that you probably haven't seen in a while, you know, because it's very math heavy, uh, statistics mm -hmm. heavy. Yep. So, you know, I would recommend getting that done as soon as possible while you're in school and many schools require it to graduate. So yeah. hopefully you're knocking that out. Yep. Um, PE, um, that one's a little different depending on the state that you're in. You can knock that out um, sometimes right after you've graduated and you're done with the FE, depending on the state that you're in. They're decoupling the exam from the experience in a lot of states, not all states, but um, a lot of states. So, you know, you have to check your state, whether they do that. Most states, um, and what I'm used to is that you still need four years of experience. Right. Uh, but sometimes you can be to. into, you can only have, you can be into two years into your experience and then take the test, right? Yeah. You don't have to wait for all four years necessarily. Depends on your state, but yeah. Yep. And some states say all you need to do is uh, be graduated and pass the FE exam and you can get right into the, the exam portion of the PE. So I uh, definitely need to check your state on that. But um, I would recommend getting that done probably as, as soon as possible, too, and then working on your experience. Most people are going to find that they have to wait for their experience uh, to take the exam. So, you know, you're going to be waiting two to maybe four years. And then you're taking that PE exam. So. What's your advice on, you know, when you when you submit your application for your PE and you have to document your experience, right? Yeah. And then you have to get to those that supposedly have mentored you through through your experience. Those, um, I don't know, those those individuals that had uh, maybe supervisory role over over you. Um, do you have any advice on the best way to do that? How did you tackle that? Yeah, that was difficult because people don't teach you that. And uh, don't make that mistake. When you're starting your engineering career, you need to start documenting your projects that you've worked on and those that were over you for those projects. And I mean contact information. And it's probably way easier in today's world than it was, was then because you have LinkedIn 
Uh, you have, you know, Facebook and some of those tools weren't necessarily around then, yeah. but you may have to contact an old manager or an old PE that supervised your work in some way um, to try to get them to sign off. But uh, the key there is that you need to do be documenting the projects you're working on, what you did, um, and who was, you know, in charge of you that had a PE that you feel comfortable that could sign off on, on yeah. that. So. so kind of begin with the end in mind, right? So I, I did that as well. Um, and I got mine back in the, you know, the dark ages and we had to pound, you know, I was keeping my examples or, or my projects. I was recording them on stone tablets. I was like, <laughs> wow. Tink, 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 tink. No, <laughs> I just old. had, I had a, what I did was just, I had a, an old Excel spreadsheet and I, um, I just kind of logged on that every time I, I had, um, completed a project and I put the information in while it was fresh in my mind. And so I had a nice record of, you know, who I worked with, who supervised me, who I supervised. Sometimes I was in a little bit of, I had supervisory responsibilities, which was important in logging all my information. I put all that in there. Um, and it, it, it was good to do that while it was fresh in my memory. And then after my four years, well, I had a nice little, little log, a little record of everything that I had done. And it really made the, the PE application process that much easier because everything was fresh Perfect. in my mind as I logged it. So, um, uh, you know, we've kind of hit the FE and PE pretty hard and, uh, those things are important, obviously. So I would say where things start branching out is after the PE, uh, we've talked about the SE, which is definitely, if you're a structural engineer, that's the route you probably need to go. But another credential is the PMP, the project management professional. Um, and also in the structural world, uh, like a lead, lead AP. So um, uh, are there other credentials or maybe you want to touch on those a little bit, Mark? Well, I, I'm, you know, I see, I see the PMP in, in my world uh, a little bit. It tends to be geared towards those engineers that are more uh, more project management type roles in the heavy highway and civil world. Um, sometimes that PMP credential is is a valuable one. Uh, I know there's DOTs, um, Department of Transportations, that uh, look upon that favorably. And so, if you were to work for a heavy highway and civil construction firm. Um, and you're a PE and you also have that PMP, um, the DOT that you're working for knows that you're, you're, uh, you're well suited for project management, right? And so they can anticipate, uh, maybe the project, uh, going better. Um, you're used to partnering and, uh, those kinds of things to help resolve conflicts during, during, uh, a project you're well-versed in scheduling, mm -hmm. uh, and all those things. So <clears throat> that's a certification that I see uh, in my industry, as well as the LEAD AP um, certification. So leadership and energy environmental design. Uh, green buildings. Yeah, green buildings. So this, this has come into, I don't know, uh, prominence, I'll say, probably over the last... 20 years, maybe 25 years is kind of, it's built up, built up more prominence, but, um, 
I see that on our commercial building side of things. And what happens is there's usually um, at least one individual in every design firm that has this credential um, because it's, it's important to some clients um, that they, they service uh, maybe not so much to others, um, but they want to have somebody within their organization that is lead certified so that they can um, offer, you know, an individual within their firm that's, um, that knows how to get uh, those, those points, right. And make their, uh, not only guide, help, help to guide their, their building design um, to meet all of the environmental goals that are within the leads requirements, but um, they know they've got a, you know, a knowledgeable person within that organization that'll help them get there. So, yeah, but I, I don't see that across, you know, everybody in, in design firms, like we would see a, a PE or an SE in, gotcha. in a structural firm. Um, and it sounds like in terms of timeline, people are getting that after their PE. Yeah, they're getting it after. But I see that focused on just certain individuals. Maybe it's a senior uh, design professional within the organization that has that credential. And once a couple guys within the firm have it, then You're usually good. they're like, that's good. We're covered. <laughs> Got it. You know? Well, um, you know, tied into all of that in terms of your career development and crushing that is is um, continued education. Uh, obviously, you need continuing education to, to support all these credentials. Yeah. But I think it's important for or an organization to support you getting continued education and even uh, learning additional skills, whether that's in-house courses or whatnot, something that can help build your resume, which, you know, not only helps you, but in turn helps the company as you develop new skill sets or just keep brushed up on, on the knowledge that you have. So, um, you know, continuing education at every level uh, of your career is, is always going to be there. Yeah. And, uh, and that's an important thing. So, yeah. I'm, and each one of these credentials can have its own set of uh, continuing education requirements, Isaac. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, you could have a PE credential, um, and I bet if you had a, you know, a lead AP uh, credential, there's some overlap there, but maybe not all. But, you know, every two years you have to have 30 hours of continuing education. Yeah. Um, Same happen. with PMP. Same with PMP. You got to get yeah. them continued ed in. So keep, you know, keep that in mind as you get more credentials, you do have to <laughs> do continued ed to yeah. keep those up. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's talk a little bit about um, quarterly reviews and the review process, because a lot of times in a civil engineer's career, in order to support career development, mm -hmm. many companies, and I'll talk about my own experiences, but many companies have some sort of method to set goals and sit down and review those goals with you over time. So... Some companies I uh, have found um, have dismissed that when goals just support, you know, whatever the manager's goals are and, you know, what is that really doing for you? Uh, other ones I've seen, you're providing feedback from peers and giving good reviews as well as adding constructive criticism. And sometimes that's taken wrong 
in some cases. Um, so what's your, what's been your advice? What's your advice around these quarterly reviews? What can engineers make the most of in doing them if they have them? And then overall, what's kind of what you're feeling on, on setting goals in general? <laughs> well, uh, I've been involved in corporate environments where, um, there were yearly reviews and mid-year reviews. We didn't do quarterly, but so we were kind of on the, the yearly and, and half yearly. So around, you know, Christmas time and then somewhere in the middle of the year in the summer, we would have our reviews. Um, and, you know, we had a, a set of, so I had managers that were usually pretty good about understanding what goals I had as an individual in my career and trying to tailor those to meet um, the goals of the, of the company. Right. And so a lot of things like, like my manager back in the day, he knew that I was working towards my PE. And so the company uh, supported that with incentives, right? They agreed to pay for any study materials, uh, any coursework, um, I was offered a bonus once I actually passed the P and then I was incentivized to use my credential. Right. So anytime I was, you know, stamping drawings or, or actually reviewing designs, um, and being a mentor to not only the, the next upcoming generation, right. Uh, reviewing their work, um, that all that, all that, uh, mentor kind of protege relationship that's required, um, for, for engineers that are working and, and trying to get their P was kind of incentivized um, by, you know, by their bonus program, which was nice. But um, I would just say that uh, if, and, and not organ, all organizations are structured that way. If you belong to an organization that's, you know, it might be a, a good organization. It's just, maybe they're not as structured with, with this goal setting stuff and, maybe understanding what your goals are as an engineer and uh, your, your career, your career goals. Um, <clears throat> you know, they're going to, they're going to be something that you're just going to have to kind of take the lead on and, and, and suggest, you know, and um, if you've got a good manager and, and, and the company that you work for is, is recognizing your, I don't know, your, your, your desire to achieve and, and set goals and improve. Um, they would, they would most certainly support that. Um, but not every organization has this structured, um, I don't know, review process and goal setting process. And if that's, you know, most engineers, I think, excel in that environment, like set a goal, you know, work towards it, achieve it, set the next one, work toward it, achieve it. I think most engineers, um, excel in that environment and if if your company has that environment and that structure is already there great set your goals and go if they don't um you may have to kind of take some initiative and, and kind of set that up yourself yeah but no that's good advice um i know personally you know i've had quarterly reviews and you're reviewing you know something that you've put on there and sometimes um sometimes you're wondering after you've gotten your credentials, maybe you're five, six, seven years down the road, maybe what these goals, how they're helping you uh, in the long term anymore. But uh, I think it just gives you an opportunity 
to really have a discussion with your manager about where you're at, kind of where you want to be. And really, if you've got anything bothering you, you can bring up as well. So um, yeah. I, I do think it's important to at least have uh, some some sort of form of conversations with people uh, in order to, to gauge where they're at and how yeah, and I, as a manager can support you. Yeah. And I'm a manager now. And when I have, you know, any of my um, team members that come to me and express those kind of desires to set goals and, you know, achieve a, a certain credential, I've, I've got an individual that works for me right now that has expressed, you know, the desire to, to get his lead AP. And it's like, okay, let's do it. Let's go. Get there. And the company that I work for now, I wouldn't say has this set, you know, program, the set uh, requirements for, you know, reviews, periodic reviews and goal setting. We just, we just don't have that. And so internally in my department, I kind of try to set that up, but I, I kind of let each individual kind of drive themselves in, in those directions. And if, if they're individuals that are, that are driven to achieve, um, I'm not, I'm not going to stop them, man. I want to support that, especially when it's a, a credential that supports our operation, right? Yep. So, yep, I agree. So um, another thing with career development and career advancement is many times people land in an organization where it's very clear what the routes are for you uh, in your career. Uh, you know, you're coming in as an engineer. If you continue that path, you could work your way eventually to a principal or let's say you get up to a senior engineer and you want to get into management. There's an option for that. Or maybe you want to jump into project management. I've seen very clear and defined roadmaps like that. But I've also been part of organizations where there is none of that. And when you land in the group, you kind of just have this understanding that, OK, well, the next level up is you know, lead engineer, next level up as a senior engineer, you just kind of understand that, but it doesn't really lend itself to knowing what my options are. Like, um, maybe you aren't all engineering and you want to go into something else. What are my options if I want to do that? And sometimes organizations are very clear on that. So do you feel like it's important for a company to have some sort of roadmap like that, or at least the ability to have a discussion with a manager about that, if they don't have a clear roadmap about things like that, what's been, yeah, I, I think that's important. Um, in my experience, even when I was in a, a, a more of a corporate environment, we didn't have, they, in fact, when I was with uh, my, my previous employer, they were striving to do that kind of define exactly what the roles were in the organization and actually define what the uh, what the basic, I guess, uh, educational requirements and the basic criteria to to have um, to uh, you know get put into those roles and those responsibilities, those those corporate positions. They were kind of in the process of defining that. So I know uh, larger organizations they do strive to do that. Um, so that people can look at the roadmap and go, oh, okay, I got to learn this skill. I got to be able to do this skill. And then I can work up to this skill. And once I achieve this skill up here, because I've built up to that, I'm I'm kind of entitled to this position that I'm aspiring to get. Um, a lot of companies go to the trouble to actually do that. Um, 
But I what would also put a little asterisk. Let's put a little. I'll put a little asterisk there because sometimes, if the roles are already filled, um, you probably you might not get those positions, even though yeah. you're qualified to yeah. get those positions. That that's true. But things change. But know? things change. Uh, people that are above you move on, and then slots you know open up. But at least you know that you've achieved the the level uh, that you need to be at to 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 be able to perform or, or uh, carry the responsibilities that whatever position you're looking for has. But I would say most organizations, Isaac, don't have that well-defined would be uh, my comment. And so if that's the case, then you're as a, as a professional that's trying to uh, achieve and, and, and get more experience and, and get to a certain level in their career, they almost have to peg their efforts to an individual. They see an individual that maybe is in a position that they want. They want to be like that individual. They want to, you know, have the same responsibilities as that individual. They look up to that individual, whether it's in their organization or another organization. And they kind of have to, you'd have to just talk to that individual and, kind of discover what was your career path? How did you get where you are? Um, and see if you couldn't emulate that, that same career path um, and do the same thing if that's where you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. If there isn't a clear defined set of uh, criteria to get to a position, you kind of have to define it yourself. And I see that as defining it by the individual that you know that has that position that you want. How did they get there? Yeah, that's a good point. And emulate it. And, you know, just to tag on to that, I, I love that idea of just finding someone that you identify with and want to be, you know, in a similar position and just going asking them how they got there. I have known people to do that. And I, I don't know of a clearer roadmap from, you know, someone just laying it down and saying, this is what I did and how I got here and and trying to emulate that. So that's a good yep. point. Um, I guess lastly, let's touch upon a little bit about um, mentoring. Uh, I th- I think it's important at every stage of your career, um, you will be either a mentee or a mentor. And when you're starting out, you're going to be learning from others. And um, if there's another person you can ask questions to, I would definitely do so because they're going to help you get a better understanding of things. And this ties into finding the the person that maybe you want to be like. So um, I have seen also sometimes where you do have uh, a higher engineer in the organization and sometimes they don't want to answer all the questions because they're busy (laughs) and they don't want to deal with the little, you know, they've had interns come in all the time and it's a new intern and they're done dealing with the questions. So um, that's unfortunate because I think, you know, each of us needs to. Yeah. It's almost like it's sometimes on those, those situations, you have to look for an opportunity. Sometimes those come maybe during a lunch, maybe it's right after a seminar and that individual is just happens to be in the lobby, you know, and you, and you run into them and, you know, yeah, sometimes it's tough to find an opportunity to talk to those individuals that you maybe want to be like, cause they're busy, but yeah. I think if you look for opportunities, you know, if you work in the same organization as that individual, it's a lot easier. 
because you might be at lunch together, you know, maybe you're on a business trip together or whatever. But just look for those opportunities in between meetings or in between events that you may be attending or whatever to, to bring those kind of things up and discover what they did. But yeah, it's tough. Everybody's I busy. agree. Well, um, you know, if you're, if you're just starting out and you're, you know, maybe you, you take a note that you don't want to be like that and that you want to help the next generation. I have noticed also with, you know, in the, in the world we live in today with remote and hybrid work environments, sometimes that's even harder because when people are already busy, it's hard to have somebody make a phone calls through teams or something like that when they're already busy and trying to get uh, feedback. Sometimes, you know, this maybe is a plug for a little bit of office work, but you kind of miss those water cooler moments and hearing conversations over a cubicle wall about an issue that they have. That's not your issue, but you're learning because you're there and you're hearing it uh, and you don't get those um, experiences, in, you know, online. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of in- interesting with uh, remote work because as you, you know, get more, um, you know, advanced in the years of engineering, sometimes you do just want to, you know, go on your own and do your own work. And people love the remote stuff because they know what they're doing and, you know, mm-hmm. they go at it. But for a younger engineer, it's a little harder to get that same feedback and information. So, yeah. Anyway, good point. Well, Mark, uh, thanks for jumping on and talking about uh, career advancement with us. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Uh, go fight, win. You know, go set those. Win. Go set, <laughs> set those career goals. Um, you know, as as like I say, as a manager myself, I, it's it's something that's um, it's it's nice to see in somebody that works on your team that they have goals they're ambitious about achieving those goals and a person like that is going to get support uh if they belong to a good organization they're going to get supported in those endeavors so yeah set those goals and get after it sweet thanks for doing this with me it's uh always always fun to bring you back on mark so yeah we'll see you in another one thanks for having me thanks see ya see ya